This is The Blunt Doctor Show On A Wednesday, a late ass Wednesday A phenomenal fucking Wednesday In which My Phoenix Suns have taken down The Utah Jazz 117-113 to move Within one and a half games Of first place in the Western Conference Which I mean we know basketball, right? We know that seeding means what it means. We know that the regular season means what it means. We know all of these things. And I understand that an incredibly good regular season team does not necessarily translate to a title team. We've learned that in Phoenix a lot. I understand all of that. But for anyone who is not fucking paying attention, and for anyone who is fucking paying attention... You're well aware that this shit is different. This is what's up. This is for real. This is what it is. This is a real goddamn team. This is a contender. And Phoenix proved it yet again tonight winning this game. On a night in which Devin Booker didn't even make a three-pointer. And for as good as Booker is, he's a good three-point shooter, but he's not quite as good as his reputation. He's never had a dead-eye season. You know, he's never been like a 40% shooter, for example. But playing on garbage teams when you have no one around you makes it a little bit difficult to keep your shooting percentages up. No? Anyway, Booker didn't even have a, you know, record shooting night or something. But he kept scoring when it mattered. Paul kept scoring when it mattered. And let's talk about one DeAndre fucking Ayton. Fresh off an incredible performance, DeAndre came back and played... All universe defense in this game. And it wasn't about block shots. And it wasn't about steals or whatever. And it was just about making the correct reads. Making the correct switches. Making the correct rotations. And just being where he needed to be. DeAndre altered so many shots. DeAndre made life at the rim miserable for everyone on this team. He... Grabbed multiple offensive rebounds. He had his flaws here and there. He could have grabbed a couple of extra defensive rebounds here and there. Whatever. But DeAndre fucking Ayton played a phenomenal game. And for everyone who wants to sit there and lambast his defense and this, that, and the other. Look at this game. This is... Here's the thing about Ayton. When he first came into the league, his defense was like... Like atrocious doesn't even describe it. And he got significantly better over his first season... To the point that he was a really, really good center. DeAndre Ayton wins Rookie of the Year in any year that, like, Luka Doncic and Trey Young don't exist. It's just one of those things, like, he got, you know, the short end of the stick in terms of how rookies were judged that year. Whatever, he still was very good. His second year, we get the whole weirdo suspension. And then the season is suspended with coronavirus. And then the bubble and all that stuff. And then... In his third year, you don't have a training camp and you come back. Like, two-thirds of DeAndre Ayton's NBA career have been fucked up, man. So, DeAndre Ayton came to basketball late. And two of his three NBA seasons have been insane. So, it's kind of reasonable that it might take him a little bit longer than some other dudes to come along. I'm sorry, but that's a completely reasonable thing to realize. And yet, you watch a game like today... Like, if DeAndre Ayton played like he played today, then, like, if he played like he played today every game, then, like, you know, he's he's an all-universe, all-pro, elite player, and fuck Luka Doncic forever. DeAndre was awesome in this game. He was sealing pick-and-rolls. 
he was switching so well. He I, there were like multiple possessions where he and Devin had like a perfect double team partnership as as Mitchell drove to the hole. Like this this game was and and I've only just watched it, so obviously you have to go back and watch the film to understand how you know every rotation, all that blah 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 blah. But from from a fresh watch, from a fresh watch, from one viewing, this was phenomenal. This is one of the best DeAndre Ayton defensive games I've ever seen. Maybe the best one because he was everywhere. He was all over the offensive glass. He had multiple putbacks. He was fighting everything. You know, again, I mean, of course there were things that could have been better, but the biggest thing with DeAndre Ayton has always been the team defense. We know he's been a great offensive rebounder. We know he's so big that he can get defensive rebounds. And we know that it's a nightmare for him to guard you one-on-one. Like, ask Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic hates playing the Suns because DeAndre Ayton is so big. It's annoying as hell. But that doesn't mean that DeAndre Ayton knows how to handle a Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray pick and roll. Or in this day and age, especially, an Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic pick and roll. And being incredibly good at man-to-man defense or being so large that you can stifle an opponent who's physically in front of you and make their life difficult does not translate to knowing how to play team defense. And that has always been the problem with DeAndre Ayton. No matter how you sliced it, it's the rotations, it's the pick and roll defense. It's always those two things. Sometimes they're completely related. Sometimes it's not pick and roll defense and his rotations are still wrong. It's just however you want to slice it. When he is supposed to cover for a switched action, whether that be a pick and roll or whatever it is, he struggles to do so. Not today. DeAndre Ayton was fucking awesome today. And anyone who says otherwise is wrong. This is one of the best defensive games I've ever seen DeAndre Ayton play. I'm so fucking thrilled. Because the thing is, like, if DeAndre Ayton plays like he played today, then seriously, fuck Luka Doncic, man. Chris Paul and 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 Devin Booker. And you might, well, Luka, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I'm trying to win right now. I'm trying to bring one ring to Phoenix right now. And you might sit here and say, well, Luka Doncic, blah, 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 the whatever. That dude didn't even come into this season caring. Luka Doncic had every single thing set up for him to win MVP this season to the point that me, a person who is still not convinced that he should have been taken over DeAndre Ayton, me, the hater of all haters, picked Luka Doncic on this very fucking show to win the MVP. And that dude didn't even show up in enough shape to win that. And I'm supposed to believe because whatever. Well, the Mavericks have battled their way to eighth place. Man, fuck the Mavericks. Fuck Luka Doncic. And let's talk about DeAndre Ayton. I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting tired of every single thing that goes on in Phoenix not mattering. Every single thing that goes on here doesn't matter. Devin Booker was ignored for years. Well, he's not winning. He's an empty stats player, blah, 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 blah. Never mind that for like the first five years of Devin Booker's career, every single dude that played with him isn't even in the league anymore. Those things don't matter, right? He should have still found ways to win games. (laughs) All these people want to do is move the goalposts. All ESPN and the analysts and all they want to do is move the goalposts. 
It doesn't matter whether it's Booker, whether it's Aiton, whether it's the Suns acquiring Chris Paul. They don't care. When Chris Paul led the Thunder to the playoffs last year, it was an incredible display of leadership and veteran know-it-all and blah, 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 blah. When the Suns acquired Chris Paul, it was a stupid overpay for a washed-up veteran player who blah, blah, blah. That's the narrative. It doesn't matter what goes on in Phoenix. What matters is actually the narrative. And it doesn't matter when DeAndre Ayton plays against the NBA media's favorite center. And make no mistake, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are the actual best centers in the NBA. But Rudy Gobert is NBA media's favorite center. And Zach Lowe is always talking about it. Well, have you ever looked at screen assist? Man, shut the fuck up about Rudy Gobert. Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid are better. And tonight, DeAndre Ayton showed why he's better. He has an actual offensive package, by the way. Okay? For all of the whatever about Rudy Gobert's ability to this, that, and the other, and switch, and blah, 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 DeAndre Ayton can actually play offense. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of offense? Because it really seems like Mr. Charmin Tower over there in Utah is not actually available for offensive plays. Oh, sure, he might be able to throw down a dunk every now and then. So he's Clint Capella? Because I thought I was supposed to take this dude seriously. I thought this dude was a $200 million player. Because uh, Clint Capella is an $80 million player who is lambasted for only being able to throw down lobs. So how does that make Rudy Gobert better? Oh, that's right. He's over-fucking-rated. This whole team is overrated. Donovan Mitchell's overrated. People will sit there and say, oh, Donovan Mitchell scored 40. Yeah, he took like 40 shots. Big fucking deal. If you score 40 points and 40 shots, I'm supposed to be impressed? No. It's acceptable. It's fine. Cool. You took 40 shots and he didn't pass out on an NBA floor. That's very good. But the idea that this was some sort of high-efficiency, incredible game from Donovan Mitchell and the way that the media will portray it? No. In fact, the Suns should have won this game... Probably more easily than they did. And if anything, the Suns played down to their competition. Yeah, that's right. Played down. Because the Jazz are worse than the Suns. The simple fact of the matter is is that over the last month, the Phoenix Suns have struggled playing against teams that were significantly worse than them. And they played down to the competition of those teams. And it looked like they did the same thing again today. They played down to the Utah Jazz. Because fuck the Utah Jazz. Okay? Fuck the Utah Jazz. I'm sick of hearing about Donovan Mitchell. I'm sick of hearing about Rudy Gobert. I'm sick of hearing about Mike Conley. I'm honest to God sick of hearing about this fucking team. For all the whatever. Yeah, okay. The Jazz and the Suns have followed the, re- the same rebuild timeline. And the Jazz did a phenomenal job in the early years where the Suns did a piss poor trash ass garbage job. There's no way to argue that. The Jazz in the early years of their rebuild were significantly better than the Suns in the early years of their rebuild. There's no question about that. It can't be argued. The Suns have been ass for years. The Jazz have been a very good team. All of these things are known. Absolutely factual. The Jazz also continue to flame out early and refer to themselves as NBA contenders, championship contenders. We're one of the best teams in the league. We're one of the best teams in the league that flames out in the first round. That's also fucking facts. It's also fucking facts that the Jazz blew a 3-1 goddamn lead. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Nuggets are what? Like the sixth team right now? Fifth team? They're struggling to even to get into the top half of the bracket. And the Jazz blew a 3-1 lead against that team. And I'm supposed to sit here and like worship them? I mean, fuck them. Fuck Donovan Mitchell. Fuck Rudy Gobert. Fuck Mike Conley. Fuck that whole team. Let me be really clear. I love every player in the NBA. I think it's awesome that Rudy Gobert got $200 million. I think it's awesome that Donovan Mitchell got a max. I'm all for teams secure the back. And I want these dudes to get all the money and all that stuff. It's great. But this is also the NBA. And this shit is all about trash talk. So, you know what? Let's let's amend it. I respect Rudy Gobert. And I respect Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and Bohan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles. The whole Jordan Clarkson. All of Utah. Fine. Fuck Utah podcasters. Fuck SLC Dunk, the Utah Jazz blog. Fuck everyone in jazz media. Fuck all of you. You have zero titles and you carry yourself like a championship organization. Fuck all of you. Okay? So I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead and stop directing my ire at the actual players who I respect for being badass NBA players who work their asses off. Fair enough. And I'm going to direct my ire at you stupid fucking blog boy bitches who go out of your way to talk about the Jazz as if they are a championship organization with rings upon rings upon rings. And you hold up Jerry Sloan with Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich, and you sit here and say, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And you talk about John Stockton and Carl Malone is a championship duo. They're fucking not. And the sooner the Jazz fans realize that you literally have no legs to stand on in this debate, and that you much like the Phoenix Suns, are an also-ran organization, a team that has been around but never there, then someone might respect you. But until then, you're a bunch of bitch-ass punks who sit there and talk about your organization as if it's phenomenal. And now, tonight, today, and tomorrow, and for another week or whatever, you look significantly worse than you are. Because DeAndre Ayton just didn't let you do shit at the rim. And it is a phenomenal day to be a Suns fan. I love it. I love every second of it. And fuck Utah. Fuck the state of Utah. Fuck the city of Salt Lake. Fuck their conservative policies. Fuck fuck Utah. Fuck their team. Fuck their fans. Fuck Utah. Fuck Utah in every single fucking way. I feel nothing saying this other than happiness. The smile on my face right now is literally a Joker-level grin. Fuck Utah. Fuck the Jazz. And I couldn't be possibly more fucking thrilled. And I'll tell you what. If the Jazz end up going farther than the Suns in the playoffs, I'll sit here and I'll acknowledge my failures and how stupid I am for saying that. If anyone knows me, they know I am capable of acknowledging when I am wrong. For all of my flaws as a human, for all of my, no, for all my flaws as a human, for all the flaws in my soul, when I make a prediction and it's wrong, I will tell you it was wrong. And I will let you say whatever, because when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
<laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not wrong about this Charmin soft, fake ass, bitch ass, garbage team full of complaining ass players who spend way more time considering whether or not they should be voted into the all-star team because they're good people than whether they actually win games. Let's not forget that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have had their organization's lobby to change the all-star criteria so that they could make it for being good guys. They're good in the community, and they're so nice, and that makes them all-stars. <laughs> Dude, fuck this team. Fuck this organization. Fuck them from top to bottom. Fuck them from bottom to top. Fuck them in the bottom and the top, then twist them around and fuck them in the top and the bottom. Fuck Utah. I hate this team. And, and by the way, I want to invite all of my Rockets fan friends, or not even my friends, just anyone who is in the Rockets fan base. You, you are where I have been for a decade with the Suns. A garbage owner who doesn't want to spend money and doesn't want to care about your team. But still hates Utah. Let's be really clear. The Suns and the Rockets can unite in fucking hating the Jazz. We can really bring that together as a fan-based thing. We can really bring the hatred of the Utah Jazz and their fans together. And so I'm I'm personally, I'm inviting all Houston Rockets fans to join the Suns bandwagon for this year only. If only because you joining us will make it that much easier to tell everyone in Utah to go fuck themselves. And that is just such a crucial thing for all of us right now. Because they are the most insufferable fan base in the world. As I said on Twitter, <laughs> the only group of people more insufferable than Jazz Twitter is MAGA Twitter. And there's a whole lot of crossover between the two. Fuck Utah. And I love you, DeAndre Ayton. And I love the Phoenix Suns. And we're coming for the number one seed. And then... We're coming for the fucking trophy. Yeah, I said that shit. And by the way, speaking of stupidity involving the uh, the Phoenix Suns, there was a um, ESPN released a list of their top 25 under 25. And as I believe it was explained, that was voted on by Mike Schmitz, Kevin Pelton, and Bobby Marks, who are, you know, three of ESPN's guys. Mike Schmitz is the draft guy who came over with Draft Express. Bobby Marks is, you know, a cap guy who is most famous for being part of the horrendous, horrendous Celtics-Nets deal that sent Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to the Nets. So, by the way, one of the guys rating the 25 best players in the league is a guy who is partially responsible for one of the worst trades in the history of sports. So much so that he literally can't make a podcast appearance without that trade being brought up. It doesn't matter if it's the hoop collective or the low post or Chris Mannix's show. It doesn't matter. No matter what podcast Bobby Marks is on, someone will mention that he was a part of the worst trade of all time. And he'll giggle and be like, ha, 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 yeah, we're terrible. And then I eat these double tree cookies. 
literally, he makes fucking jokes about double tree cookies all the time. <laughs> Whatever. And then Kevin Pelton. Kevin Pelton, most famous for being the ESPN numbers guy, but most famous in my house for being a dude who blocked me on Twitter because I made a joke at him about the Seahawks not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line, and he's so sensitive that he can't handle the fact that that shit is really, really funny. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) Side note, real quick. Let's say that you run into a sports media member who's eh, 35 or older, maybe 30 or older. I promise you, if you ask them, what do you think of the blood doctor? Like 20% of them are going to have an answer. 90% of those 20% are going to have a really, really, really negative answer. But I promise you, people know of me. I exist in this space. And so whenever you wonder what my credentials are, just remember my credentials are that your favorite reporter probably hates me. In any case, ESPN created this dumbass list anchored by Schmitz, Marks, and Pelton. And I don't know if anyone else had any other input. As far as Windhorst explained, Brian Windhorst, the Hoop Collective dude, this was, you know, kind of their voting. Anyway, this is the list. Um, and I'm just going to go through the top 10 because I don't give a shit about beyond that. Luka Doncic, number one. Zion Williamson, number two. LaMelo Ball, number three. Donovan Mitchell, number four. Jason Tatum, number five. De'Aaron Fox, number six. Ben Simmons, number seven. Devin Booker, number eight. Bam out of bio number nine and Shea Gilgis Alexander number 10. And this is again supposed to be based on like, you know, future potential for being whatever. And as Kendrick Perkins accurately pointed out, it's fucking bullshit that Devin Booker is so low on this list. It's garbage that he's number eight. And, you know, Bobby Marks tried to blah, blah, whatever. Well, it's based on potential and blah, blah, blah. The list is garbage. The list is fucking garbage. The list is bullshit. This shit is stupid. Think about this for a moment. Devin Booker has been dogged for years because he wasn't on a winning team. No one considered what any of his teammates were. No one considered that those guys are not in the league anymore. All we've ever heard is that Devin Booker is not a winning player. And yet somehow, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, LaMelo Ball, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox are all above him on this list. All players who are on worse teams that are winning less than Devin Booker. Those aren't even the only players that are ahead of him, but all of those players are on teams with worse records. So so when Devin Booker isn't doing well, when things are not going in his way, then it's because he's an empty calories player who's garbage, blah, blah, blah. But when things aren't going in the other player's way, it's because of the team around them and the coaching and the organization, the situation, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Let's be very clear what this is. Ever since Zion Williamson has come into this league, ESPN has made a concerted effort to push to you that he is one of the best players in the league. It does not matter that the Pelicans are not currently in the playoffs. They still believe that Zion Williamson is the best player in the league. And you can listen to any ESPN podcast and you will be told that Zion Williamson is Shaq. And then they will tell you later in that podcast that this new version of Shaq is... It's all on the fault of everyone around him, that they're all failing him completely, and that blah, 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 blah. ESPN, they gave the Pelicans like 40 nationally televised games in Zion's rookie year, and he wasn't even healthy. Okay, so please don't tell me how this is all about winning and blah, blah, blah. This is all about pushing a narrative of your favorite players. Here's the thing. If these dudes just would have 
published this list and said, this is our favorite players, no one would have cared. Like, seriously, if if Pelton, Marks, and Schmitz would have said, we got together and voted and these guys are the best guys that we think are going to be the best and this is just our opinion, no one would have cared at all. I mean, people would have argued or whatever, but no one would have cared. But they're literally trying to tell us that LaMelo Ball who's played like 40 games, is the number three prospect under 25 in the NBA. He's literally got a broken jump shot and played on a team that isn't scouted at all, which means that no one's paying attention to him. And I understand his shooting has been good, but like there are tons of dudes with broken jump shots who shot decently in their first season because no one guarded them. Wait till the scouting reports get there. You're literally trying to tell me like it's it's absurd. It's absurd bullshit. And they they literally sit here and act like they're completely infallible. Kendrick Perkins called it garbage. And he's like, shame on you for putting Devin Booker this low. And Bobby Marks says, like, shame on you for not reading the intro. It's about potential. Dude, you made a garbage list and you are not above being critiqued. It We've literally reached a point where NBA media seem to believe that they can put out any list they want or any or any critique or any or whatever they want. They should be able to say anything they want and not be critiqued. These dudes are making millions of dollars. A dude like Bobby Marks makes like seven figures or high six figures to just appear on podcasts and talk in theory about basketball. So please do not tell me that you are immune to criticism when you say stupid shit. None of them are immune to criticism when they say stupid shit. You cannot seriously fucking tell me that you watch basketball and then also tell me that De'Aaron Fox has more potential than Devin Booker. You're, you're literally not watching basketball if you say that. That's one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. That, that Donovan Mitchell is four spots ahead of Booker is ridiculous. But that De'Aaron Fox is even on this list in the top ten, it's... It's just, it's a lot of proof that no matter what goes on and no matter how good Devin Booker has been for whatever reason, people do not watch him because when he wasn't winning games and he was scoring and putting up, you know, 27, six and four on elite shooting numbers, people said he was an empty calories player. And now that he's putting up similar numbers and winning games, people are like, Oh, it's all Chris Paul. It's all this. It just, it doesn't matter what Devin Booker does, but De'Aaron Fox isn't winning, has never won and has worse statistics and is somehow better. I thought that winning games mattered. De'Aaron Fox has literally never done that. So statistics matter? Well, then Devin Booker's statistics are better. What is this based on? It's based on nothing. It's based on the opinion of three dudes who sat down and decided whatever they thought that day. How can you present that as a definitive list? You can't. And the thing is, All they had to do was say this was their opinion. All they had to do was list their names on it and say that this was their thoughts. But they had to present it as the ESPN definitive list of whatever. And Kendrick fucking Perkins, who works for ESPN, called them out on it. And they act like they're incapable of being questioned. (laughs) It's pathetic. But it's getting beyond pathetic. Like, we're starting to reach a ridiculous point where 
why are we asking these three people to make a decision? Why are these three people the only people qualified? Do national writers even know anything about local teams? Like, I'm really starting to wonder. Because the more and more I hear national writers talk about teams, the more and more I notice they don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. And we all know that it's different. You can't cover 30 teams. It's not possible. I understand that. But you could watch 30 teams and have some idea of what's going on and then talk to people who actually know the teams to fill in the gaps. But you literally sit here and listen to these national writers and they describe, like, I've still been listening. Like, there are people who are just now figuring out that Cam Johnson is a good player. Like, there there are literally national writers who are like, I don't know anything about Cam Johnson. (laughs) Really? Really? And that's literally where we are. We are at a point where national writers are considered infallible when they don't even actually know what goes on with the local team. To the point that they will go on social media and lambast anyone who would ever question them. And it's bullshit. This list is garbage. They're all, it's based on this season and potential blah, blah, blah. Zion Williamson has literally never been a winning player in the league. So if winning matters as it supposedly did for Devin Booker, then this list is garbage. And if winning doesn't matter and statistics matter, then Devin Booker should have been higher on the list the whole fucking time. De'Aaron Fox being ahead of Devin Booker is garbage. Ben Simmons being ahead of Devin Booker is garbage. Devin Booker fucking owns Ben Simmons. This shit is garbage. And I'm just getting, I'm getting tired of the shit. I'm getting tired of this New York, Connecticut-based sports media group believing that the only teams that exist are the Celtics, the 76ers, the Nets, the Knicks, and the Lakers and Clippers. And everyone else just sort of exists. Oh, and Damian Lillard is in Portland. On Steph Curry is somewhere. No one else exists, though. No one else could actually be good because they're not on a coast. Only coastal teams actually have a chance to win championships. You're really fucking tired of this bullshit-ass media coverage. You're fucking lazy. You're fucking pathetic. You don't even know what's going on. I've, I've had enough of it. And this list just goes to show that I don't fucking have to listen to anyone who works at ESPN. It's one, you know, people may sit here and say, what do you know? You do a podcast out of your garage. You're a nobody, blah, 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 blah. I guarantee you there's not a goddamn person who works at ESPN who could tell me more about my team than I know. Okay. Maybe they might have some inside information that was given to them because they're connected to whatever, but they don't even watch the fucking teams play. That's what matters. Actually watch my team play. You watch your team play. And you know what? Let's just be honest. It's fucking frustrating as shit having to sit here and listen to people who don't know what's going on. So check out local podcasts from people who actually listen to their team's media days, who watch the games, who engage. Check those things out because, let's be honest, a lot of this is fucking garbage and it's getting infuriating. That's all I got to say about that bullshit list. It's fucking bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Bullshit. The final thing I want to talk about today, Sean Miller fired 
by the University of Arizona. And, well, number one, what took so long? Like, (laughs) despite all of the whatever has occurred with all of the investigations and whatnot, like Sean Miller is a choke artist. He's not a good coach. He's maybe a good recruiter or maybe really good with the payments. The point is, Sean Miller continually under-delivered on the basketball court. And, I mean, we all remember the two Elite Eight losses to Wisconsin. Those were terrible. And they sucked. But they weren't, like, unforgivable. You know, repeatedly making it to the Elite Eight means you're a good coach in college basketball, just truthfully. As as difficult as, as it may be for those of us who are Arizona fans to acknowledge, if you were in the Elite Eight routinely, obviously that's really good. I mean, you know, think about how hard the NCAA tournament actually is. You know, it's to be there that often is great. But the simple fact of the matter is he started to go downhill from there to the point that he couldn't even get out of the first round. And he's being outcoached by his former assistants. And he's not even playing DeAndre Ayton at center because he wants to play Dusan Ristich, who literally can't defend a layup to save his life. Sean Miller is literally one of the worst basketball coaches I've ever seen. That is not hyperbole. That is not exaggeration. That is not a lie. That is not bullshit. Sean Miller is legitimately maybe the worst basketball coach I've ever seen. Like, the worst basketball coaches I have ever seen at the college and pro level were Sean Miller and Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek literally ran AAU sets in the pros. And that's how I felt. And then I saw a scout say the same thing. And... It's just the truth. Like, Jeff Hornacek, especially with the Suns, was probably the worst coach in the NBA. Even though he was the coach of the 48-win season, it doesn't matter. Like, it was one of the worst offenses ever because there was literally no structure. And Sean Miller very legitimately ran an offense in which he had DeAndre Ayton, but he instead went to Dusan Ristich. And if you're like, who is Dusan Ristich? Exactly. Who is just a very wide-bodied seven-foot dude who could not defend anything and very legitimately let dudes walk to the basket by him. He was incredible around the basket. Ristich could score over and over, over and over, but he very legitimately could not defend me. Like, seriously. Like, I could go right by this guy to the basket. And Sean Miller wouldn't take him out of a game ever. He's one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. He screams at officials like a psychopath to the point that they can't even stand him. He's... Like, look at Sean Miller during a game. He's on the sidelines screaming like a lunatic to the point that he's sweating through his shirt like a disgusting pig. Like, he's, like, this shit is, like, like, I'm not, like, some people sweat, whatever, but do you understand that, like, part of that is because he works himself up into a psychotic lather constantly to scream at officials. And by the way, if you think that officials don't hate the fact that this lunatic is in their ear constantly, like... I fucking hate Sean Miller, okay? I, there are a lot of people who I would talk down about that, like, if I met them, I would probably be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? You're cool, because I'm an idiot, and I'm a coward, and I would probably whatever. I would not fucking react that way if I met Sean Miller. I fucking hate Sean Miller. If I met Sean Miller, I would say to his face, are you Sean Miller? Hey, I fucking hate you. Because that's how I feel. I fucking hate that guy. 
I hate Sean Miller. I don't dislike Sean Miller. I don't I don't disapprove of Sean Miller. I don't have this I hate that motherfucker. I hate him. And some of the best news of my life is knowing that he's gone and can never affect the University of Arizona athletics ever again. I hate that motherfucker. I hate him so much. I hate everything about him. I hate everything about the way he coaches. I hate everything about the way he operates. I hate his sideline demeanor. I hate his childish bullshit attitude. I hate Sean Miller. He is every single thing wrong with basketball coaching. He's a new age Bobby Knight, which is just the worst fucking thing that you can be. He's a child. He's pathetic. I hate him. And I am so thrilled that he's been fired. And I am so thrilled that not only has he been fired, but he's probably been too tainted to ever be truly hired again. Woj said that he might be hired as an assistant in the NBA. (laughs) If the Suns hire Sean Miller, I promise. I said this on Twitter and I mean it. I'll start a GoFundMe and we will raise enough money to buy the Suns. And then I will fire everyone who works for the Suns, including Sean Miller. I'll fire them all. That motherfucker has no business being anywhere, and he definitely has no business being any fucking where near DeAndre Ayton. uh, Sean Miller is terrible at everything. He's awful. I just... Sean Miller is the worst example of failing upwards. He has no business being anywhere. I just, I want him gone from everything related to basketball. He sucks at everything. I know it's clear how much I hate this dude, but I honestly can't even. He's he's the fucking worst. There's a lot of rumors who Arizona will hire. I've put my own rumors out there, including what my sources told me on Twitter. The point is, it's going to be really interesting seeing what happens going forward with the University of Arizona. And if Tommy Lloyd or anyone else is able to restore that program with whatever recruits he may be able to bring with him, or is it simply a case of the Arizona program was once great and now is not? And I really hope not, because just truthfully, Lou Olson was a phenomenal coach and did such great work and... You know, people are starting to float Steve Kerr, and maybe that'll be what it is eventually to turn this thing around. Who knows? And I don't know. All I know is, fuck the Utah Jazz. Fuck Sean Miller. And that is the Blunt Doctor Show. And I'm going to guess that no one's going to listen to this one because it's just a ranting, raving, lunatic episode, but I love it, and I'm happy, and I'm thrilled. And I hope that you will take 10 minutes out of your day tomorrow to do something that makes you happy, that you love, that you're thrilled. No, that's not true. I hope you'll take two hours out of your day tomorrow that will do something to make you happy and elated and thrilled. Maybe you need to watch a movie that you've been dying to watch. Or maybe you need to record a podcast you've needed to record. Or maybe you need to whatever. Take the time. To do your thing. Because no one's ever going to give you the time to do your thing. So make that time yourself. Be the greatest advocate for you. 
because ain't nobody else going to do it. And that is the Blunt Doctor Show. Peace to you and all of yours for 2021.